This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Ah, oh, shit. Shoot, that's that voice. That means we got to get ready to go. One of my favorite parts of the week, primarily because I get to keep good company. My man JP joins us with Nebraska Preps post game. Uh, we're getting to the end here. It's hard to believe. Fourteen teams left. That's it. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it has been very, very interesting. I'm in a much better mood than I could be, <laughs> yeah. so that's a good thing. That is definitely a good thing. Yeah, I heard you on the radio the other day uh, complain about all your various sports teams. I'm like, well, the most important one's still alive, right? how about that, right? (laughs) Like, uh, for as much as my teams drive me crazy, I have to cheer for LeBron, Russ, Russ. I have to cheer for Mason Rudolph, (laughs) Kershaw's. I don't know what we're going to do with free agency with the Dodgers. But Westside, Westside is alive and kicking, man. It was... uh, it was crazy, right? You manage the week of weather. You know it's a big-time stage. Um, the cream is starting to rise. If you're playing at this time of year, late November, you're a good team. There are no flukes. So the Columbus Lake views, uh, those folks that everybody said shouldn't be here, maybe even Gretna to some degree, depending on how you feel. Maybe us. Uh you're here and you're playing. Uh, you're obviously a very, very good football team. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to look just at the breakdown of the seeds. We've got four number one seeds still alive, four number twos, two number fives, a seven, a nine, a ten, and eleven. And it is, is the like, eleven Lakeview? Yep. Uh, yes. And the ten. Don't tell me the ten will be. You're. You got some gear on the way coming. Cross County. Yes, sir. Cross County is the ten. Yep. Wow, they played Howell's Dodge tough. So I'm starting to get all the huddle film from these teams. And they played Howell's Dodge the first time without their best player. That one's, although Howell's Dodge is loaded. We'll get to all these results, but just (laughs) certainly interesting uh, mix of teams that that we'll have playing. That um, is a big, strong football team. Um. But you, Cross County could make the case, hey, we battled with you the first time around without arguably, not even arguably, our best player. Boy, there's there's going to be some doozies, man. I mean, we could start wherever you want to. Let's start right off the top with your team right there, Class A. Yeah, that was uh, – <laughs> so we, we talked, right? And you know me. There's some things I say I talk to you off the record yeah. a lot more than <laughs> I would say on. I liked our game plan going in. Right, I felt like, and I was honest. I said, "Hey, I feel like our scheme is good. I like our, I like our game plan. We just can't give up fifty-fifty balls because they have more racers than we do." It turns out it wasn't really much of a 
much of a factor the the middle portion of that game. Well, that was the most impressive part. Like we talked uh, about, kind of the difference in experience, and they had older players. You wondered how how that would factor in, and right out the gates, you guys fall behind twenty to three, and to fight back to get back into that game and then take control of that game. Um, that was really impressive. Forty one six the rest of the way for a forty one twenty six or forty one three the rest of the way. Uh, yeah. 41-26 uh, win there. Um, that th- that was impressive resiliency for, again, a team playing so many young guys, and some of those young guys made some huge plays uh, during that comeback. Yeah, that that uh, that sophomore class is – it's been talked about. We, we, we've talked about it in basketball. We've talked about it in football. The year 2024 – and the Metro will be very, very good. doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball. Uh, they've got those sports covered. Um, you know, Davon Hall was in full display. We kept him in check, right? Nothing nothing vertical, no big plays. He was pretty workmanlike. I think he was probably about eight or nine per catch. Uh, we kept him in front of us. Um, but a couple class acts, right? If I So this is the coach in me, right? I look at Bellevue West, I look at Caden Helms, fantastic ambassador. He was such a good sport. Um, Class act. Uh, L.J. Richardson, who was punished. (laughs) Listen, for his 44 carries, 194 yards, but 44 carries. Yeah, only four yards, four or five a carry. It was, there was the middle portion of this game where, Obviously, with the relationships that have been forged off the field, LJ's a guy that is is close to our family. Uh, there was a point where I was like, I I didn't I wouldn't say feel bad, right? I'm competitive, but I was like, uh, this is not going to be his night, right? Because you know, the first quarter and a half, he had the 19 carries. Then there was this middle portion where it was like, I mean, he was taking shot after shot after shot. Our defense really hunkered down. Mike O'Reilly made his claim. He may have been their best player on the field. I, I felt like for all the guff his critics give him about not being this or that or, you know, talking too much, he, he showed up. He yeah. was he was as good as advertised on Friday night. Four catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Caden Helms threw in seven catches for 123 yards. Riley had the long kickoff yeah. return. I, I told our guys – um, you know, he ran a little bench route, and got vertical on Dom and scored. And I said, he's faster than he looks, right? Yeah. Like, he got on us in a hurry. 23 for 33 for 305 yards and two touchdowns for Luke Johansson. Bellevue West moved the ball. They did. But you guys found a way to not let them score in that second half. Yeah, 87 plays they ran. The 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 yards per play weren't. As good, like you know, for instance, we snapped the ball fifty-two times. We had four hundred fifty-some odd yards. Eight point six for you guys, five point six for yeah. them. You that's... keep that number down. That's the difference. We were able to just get um, chunk plays, but I felt like physically in the middle of that game, we really wore them down, kind of sapped their spirits a little bit. Johansson, uh, it was a great effort, but man, he took some shots. He is a tough, tough kid. He he got off the ground time and time again because. Uh, our defense was relentless in terms of the shots that he took. Yeah, and then uh, I think, obviously, we talked about the, the quarterback change um, multiple times throughout the season, but 
once again, that came up big with uh, Anthony Rizak, 15 for 20 for 244, <laughs> 245 yards and four touchdowns and 13 carries for 70 yards. He's so – he's – He's way good. He, he, he moves the ball. He just he, does what he needs to to get the ball forward. He's got really good command of the game. He's a good athlete. Um, he's got good height. He's going to grow into his frame. He just makes plays. The thing that stuck out most about this game, though, is another sophomore, Jamez Ross. 12 carries for 123 yards, yeah. three, carry, or three catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. And with Ross kind of carrying the load, you guys were able to shift – uh, that's Dominic the key. Rizak, that's the key. More as a receiving back and play a lot on defense. That is the key. We could use um, Dom in the passing game, and and really rely on him defensively. The safety play I told you was going to be important uh, between Caleb and Dom. They were really strong up the middle. So Jamez' versatility, carrying the load on offense, really really helped us. He's a tough guy. It's hard for the first guy to get him down, and he's he kind of embodies the culture of the program. He's just going to make you snap it again. He's a tough guy. He's going to keep playing play after play after play. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I, you knew it was coming because we talked so much, right? We're going to get healthy on defense. We're going to move some guys around. Caleb was going to move to safety. We're going to use Dom on defense some more. We get a healthy Tommy Connolly back. Uh, Jack Wimmer moves from safety to outside linebacker. It really changed the way that we could play defense. So if you saw us in week five or week six, you're probably thinking, eh, which, is okay. about, which is about what I did. Right? You're probably game. thinking, they're like, yeah. yeah, we're okay. But we kept kind of hinting around like, we're going to be really good. We said that Westside had the most room for growth from where they were with, with the healthy bodies. We played six weeks without Jamez. It was just going to be different. And that's a credit to the coaching staff and the kids that they're able to, you see that growth potential and to achieve it, to get all the way there. And now he here the AR um, with the chance to, to play for a state title. Yeah, really got to give Coach Frank a lot of credit. Uh, there were two things that he kind of saw that were key. One, um, he believed in number six, Isaac Richards, who got off to a really slow start at the cornerback spot. And he said he brought our staff in. And talked about all these changes that he wanted to do. He said, hey, listen, if we want to play for it all, these are the things that we have to do. And obviously it was getting Caleb in the middle, playing Dom more on defense, moving Wimmer from the secondary to the outside linebacker. We couldn't do any of it unless Isaac Richards was a guy that we could trust at the cornerback spot. He has flourished and been fantastic. The other thing is he almost saw it from the jump. He was probably the the biggest advocate of going young at the quarterback spot and we kind of we saw it but maybe not as soon as he saw it in terms of if we're gonna do it let's do it now and grow into it and we were like and that's never easy when we need some time man kobe's a kobe's a good leader we're winning yeah, guy that's put in time for the program has kind of waited his turn. You hoping maybe give him a chance here, he'll kind of settle in a little bit here. But um, that, yeah, that's not an easy call. But it's it's one that has made a huge difference. And credit yeah. to everybody for stepping up and rolling really, with the changes and doing well with it. Really changed the way that we could play, and I felt like it was going to be a good matchup for Bellevue West. I know 
I've talked to Coach Huffman a, a lot since they played that game. There's obviously a couple things they would have done different, but one thing he did say that I was really, really appreciative about, and I like talking to him just because he's a good football mind. Yeah. Um, he really liked the way he said it. I, I'm amazed at how sudden and how quick you guys decide what you're going to do. Right, we there's no reading and slowing down. Like we're very decisive. We're decisive on offense. We're decisive on on defense in terms of fits. And a lot of it is just the way we practice. I mean, we practice a lot of game type speeds. Right? It's called warrior speed. Um, we have red, yellow, and green. I mean, we stand warrior speed all the time. We don't always take guys to the ground, but we tackle twice a week. We condition in the middle of practice. Uh, there are lots of little subtle things that I think we do that really helped us prepare for that one. And that, and that's a big key to coaching, especially for football, is finding that mix between yeah. going hard in practice and making sure not to do too much. Because the only real way to, 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 to guarantee that uh, production translates from practice field to the, the game field is to make practice as much like games as possible. And obviously you can't go full contact all week long, but – um, kind of finding a mix there where you feel good about what you're getting done without kind of putting the kids at an extra risk uh, is a mark of good coaching. Yeah, Coach Coach Huffman was extra gracious, too. He said, I can't believe how well you guys tackle. He said, I knew Caleb was a really good tackler. We saw that on film. He said, but the whole team tackles. He said, you know, we tackled twice a week, which in high school, two times a week where you do live tackling, that's a lot, <laughs> right? And, and there are even sometimes where I'm thinking, gosh, you know what, we should – Maybe think about backing it down. And, oh, we'll be fine. You know, we'll be fine. And he's on the same page as our strength and conditioning program because that's our offensive coordinator, so they know the heavy leg days. And it it just it just really works well. It is a well-oiled machine, and now they're starting to get the – I mean, you just graduated a Dickerson, a Payton, a Hurtado, a Haberman, a Ben Radisha, and just more good players are starting to come, and they're young. Well, speaking of oil machines, I guess we can jump over to the other game, a 34 nothing win for Gretna over Omaha North. And impressive run by the Vikings, but uh, kind of a fairy tale story came to an end. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting, right? How many weeks in a row have we said, gosh, you know, I feel like Gretna is, they're the yeah, but team. That's what I like to call them. Everybody that watches them, yeah, but, yeah, but. And I, and I said, hey, listen, go back. I watched the Central game. Fantastic. That was kind of before I felt like Central had kind of thrown in the towel. The second performance against Elkhorn South, the first half performance against Elkhorn South the first time around. I just felt like that was a that's a pretty complete football team, and they don't have a lot of weaknesses. When you get a guy like Huber who runs it as hard as he does, he's their leading tackler on defense. I like Lucas in the middle uh, of that D-line. That is a well-coached, Pretty complete football team. Their special teams doesn't get them beat. They're good on defense. They can run the ball, and they can throw it, too. Well, that's the most impressive part is, obviously, we coming into the year, we talked about oh, the Flores. same Flores the show. That's, gonna, that's what this team is. We, um, kind of viewed them a little bit like Lincoln East. Uh, we, we came to see the same way, and um, they certainly have uh, evolved into a, a complete football team. And to go from that first-round game against Lincoln East where – uh, 59-42, you gave up 42 points um, shortly after prep had shut down Lincoln East, held them mm-hmm. to seven points. You, you kind of 
felt a little bit shaky there. It was like, uh, do they have enough on that side of the ball? Fast forward uh, the last two weeks, they've given up a total of seven points. Um, so with with you, you mentioned a lot of the, the key players on that side of the ball, but just so impressive the way that they've really been able to lock in. And um, they won that Elkhorn South at their defense uh, because they only scored 14 points and needed kind of a, a late bomb to, to take the lead. And um, this last game they won with just a complete performance, um, offense, defense, um, they were up 14, nothing at halftime and I scored them 14, nothing in the third quarter, just kind of put them away. Um, and first downs are 23 to eight, just complete yeah. dominance. I don't think North had a first down in the first half. I mean, I'm obviously we're watching the huddle film and we're kind of getting tendencies and formations and stuff. But as we're going, you're just noticing how few of plays North has ran. And I, you're going back to kind of chart and I'm, I don't think North, <laughs> North had a, had a first down in the first half, nor did they complete a pass. That's that's just a crazy – especially the way that they've made this run, yeah. where out of no – obviously, you know, Larry Martin run first. Um, Tayshawn Porter's had a great year. But the way they've been able to make it to this game was – Through the year. Yeah, with Jordan Williams and Keyshawn Williams and these guys just kind of merging uh, into a, a uh, dangerous passing attack. And you mentioned it was – Windy there, it kind of swirls down. Uh, yeah, there's on that zero field, trees but, out there. It is wide open. But they just could not, for whatever reason, find a way to to, to lock in there and, and connect. And it's it's going to be tough uh, to to keep up with Gretna when you can't complete a, a forward pass. Well, I, they have such balance, right? I talked about well, Lucas up front. I, I love Blake Moore, number five, who is is really good on defense. I like Connor Edwards. 21. Mick Huber's going to be as tough as anybody on the field every time he steps out there. So I'm convinced, right? This just isn't, you know me, yeah. this this just isn't like, uh, hey, because we play him. When you want to talk about two-way guys yeah, that are underappreciated but could make the case for like MVP type stuff, Mick Huber, it, he may be at the top of the discussion he is unbelievable he's fantastic on offense he's probably better on defense like he he's the real deal I mean it just I loved him before all the things that he does I mean you're talking about 40 49 assisted tackles he's got 29 unassisted he's their leading rusher I He's a good player. He yeah. is a he is a really good player. And uh, talked about the win. Same four is 150 passing yards, 16 for 23, two touchdowns and an interception. Thing with uh, that's been kind of impressive with him is again threat with his legs. Seven carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, but, a couple key runs to extend plays in that one against North too. He was he was way good. But Huber, 25 carries, 138 yards, two touchdowns, caught three passes for 21 yards, added five tackles. Just again another complete performance and you look at kind of his season he had a 200 yard rushing games in the first three weeks then one two three four five six straight games under 100 and then to start the playoffs he's been 178 104 138 and that doesn't even include what he's done in the passing game where he's a a threat in that screen game he's really good at that so um, I think his emergence and their offensive line's ability to block for him um, I think that has really opened up things and allowed them to get to this point where, 
again, they're playing for a state title uh, next week. Yeah, I think one of the keys for them is only a couple guys up front go both ways, and, and one in particular on the D-line, it's either 50 or 54, it's spot duty. So they're able to kind of platoon along those offensive and defensive fronts, which has really been a big deal, I think, for those guys because they play really good defense. I feel kind of like a broken record, but I feel – validated now having watched so much of their game tape now in terms of the things that we've said all year it's a much 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 better team than the critics and maybe even their fan base there Flores is great there's no question coach Frank looked at our team on Sunday and we're going through install and I'm talking to the outside linebackers and he stops and he says hey listen you know, we saw a great passing offense last week. He said, this one is different. You need to be precise because this is as good a player at the quarterback spot as we've ever seen. And he said, and I quote, he can flat out spin it. He'll make you look silly. Well, and, and he can he can put it anywhere. That's like he the can, thing. He, That's he can, the thing. He's so good with the, the, the short passing game, the screens, the, the, the slants over the middle. And then if you fall asleep, he will hit yeah. you deep. Yeah. You cannot relax around him at any point anywhere on the field because if somebody's open, he's going to hit them. They really make you cover all all portions of the field. I think that's – and kind of watching them and breaking them down in my head, I think that's their biggest strength. They make you defend the whole field. Yeah, and, and they don't have kind of the two um, the two D2 level uh, wideouts they With have Marshall last year. Marshall and those guys, yeah, and uh, Alexander. Yeah, yeah uh, but – what they do have is a lot of guys that can make a play on any given uh, snap. Uh, TJ Silliman was their leading uh, score, uh, receiver in this one. Uh, Braden Chaney, Chaney can make plays. He had a touchdown. Uh, their tight end, uh, Caleb Chanel, is good. Joe Roll is their yeah. best receiver, and he didn't even uh, make a huge difference on offense in this game. So yeah. Our theme this week? Find number two. Don't let the deuce get loose. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, and then you he's, take, he's way good. Then you cover all those guys down the field, and then he's dumping off to, to Huber, and he's yeah. running over linebackers. So, um, yeah, they, they've got a lot of options, and he's the kind of uh, quarterback that can make uh, most out of all of them. That should be good. Obviously, it'll be an yeah. exciting final one. So, so we got uh, number two Westside at twelve and zero against number five Gretna at eleven and one in the kind of uh, uh, finals. Uh, Wrap-up game, seven fifteen on Tuesday. Yeah. Needless to say, I'm excited for that one. Should be fun. Yeah. Let's still hop over to B. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, I don't think any real surprise. I I guess we'll probably start with the Aurora-Scott game. And that – Scott, that was a really impressive show, and they I, had the lead. Uh, I agree. They had the lead. They just could not kind of – hang on to it in the second half getting ready to do the broadcast so i go back and i'm watching they held the lead the like of total game time scott was in control longer than i thought they would be that was um i i don't know if that staff would say that's as good as they can play but they played well probably better than the score indicated yeah, uh, and the score was twenty one seventeen. So one score game there, and uh, Aurora, like you said, uh, had to play from behind most of the game. Again, showing their experience uh, that run last year um, to to stay alive, to not panic, to kind of keep uh, plugging away at it, and eventually uh, they they pulled ahead and um, and got the win. But um, what stood out to you from what you were able to see? So I, I like the versatility. Um, couple of really good backs. At, in Aurora, and a lot of everybody knows about, you know, 
Owens, right? That's good. But Colazzo, <laughs> he's he's been the one that's kind of been the, the engine all year. The numbers don't really do him justice, though. It's not like these um, these wide open hallway runs. He's got good toughness. He's got good vision. The first guy struggle to get him to the ground. Aurora's offensive line is big, and they are physical. Like, I don't know. That's that's a pretty complete football team. The last time I saw Aurora was a couple of years ago, obviously in the state finals, and Sharman was throwing it all around the yard. <laughs> he was clearly the best player on the field. I'm like, this is a this is a fantastic program. I mean, I love Danielson and and Austin Allen from a couple of years previous, but I mean, Sharman, like I. I was just captivated at the plays that he could make on the offensive side. This is a much different team for Coach Peterson, but almost equally as effective. Not not as dominant as that team was, right? But, I mean, Sherman could have made the case for the best player in the state that year as a oh, senior. Yeah. I I firmly believe that. He was unreal. But this team is is different, but almost equally as tough when I watch him play. Yeah, and uh, they haven't updated their stats the last two weeks, but first 10 games, Colazzo, 7.8 a carry, yeah, he's good, uh, 20 man. touchdowns, 1,238 he yards. Um, he He's tough, um, and they, they do just enough in the passing game. Got a steady quarterback, um, a handful of receivers uh, making the impact. So Did a really good job against team. Scott's passing game. I think Scott missed a couple of open receivers, but you can't go six or eight of 26 and – and 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 think that you're going to come through with that. They just got away from the ground game at strange times. And that's what we worried about night. with them. You know, it's. I just I'm like, hey, run the ball, you know, or or your QB run game. I felt like could have could have bailed them out a little bit because Becker's such a big, strong runner. But just you know, they threw it quite a bit, which I felt like. I don't know, right? It's easy to second guess, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I would like to see a little more ground and pound and a little more QB run game. Yep. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> and fortunately, the coaches can't go back and change things now. But yeah. on, on the other side, um, speak of ground and pound, uh, Bennington just continued to do what they do. Twenty eight seven win over Elkhorn. It was fourteen seven at halftime, and then they just shut them down in the second half. Yeah. I, I, so this one's kind of scary, right? I feel like, and we'll talk to Coach Leonard, we'll talk to Cam tomorrow on our morning show, but Bennington may be, I'll say this, they may be better than I think. And, I, and I've, we've said all year, yeah, clearly the best team in B. They're unbelievable. Uh, they, like, what, what would you take away? Well, now they got a healthy weapon, like... Wempen, he's playing on defense. It's just like they have so many options. They they, they had five guys with double-digit tackles. That doesn't surprise two me. Two fumble recoveries, and their leading tackler was um, one of their interior linemen, Chevalier Curry, with 14 tackles. Who's got great hands. Yeah. Well, you watch him up front. He just uh, – he gets in the guys. He's got good, quick twitch. They are – they're way complete. Uh, and – Dylan Mostek, ho-hum, 32 carries, 251 yards, three touchdowns, had an 80-yard rush He's uh, a in there. And Traber just kind of ju- does just enough. They, they don't ask him to do a ton. And he had a 30-yarder, a 20-yarder, an 80-yarder. I mean, 
Mostic is uh, I'm excited to watch them, you know, obviously doing the that class B game just to um kind of watch how they work against a team in Aurora that I think is really, really good up front. Right? Bennington will have their hands full with that offensive and defensive line. Yeah, they got pretty good uh, front seven or so. Uh, yeah. Some good linebackers, too, kind of cleaning things up. So we'll see. Um, this will be as tough a test as Mostic has faced all year. Nobody shut them down to this point. Well, su- surprise at all. What? How are you looking at, at C1 right now? <laughs> yeah, um, I would say I didn't get Well, let's C- go C2 first. Yeah. Okay, that works. Let's go, let's go C2 first with Pearson and Lakeview, who – Everybody in Lakeview, home of Jeff Lake, um, my former teammate at Nebraska, has told me they were misseeded. It's a better team than people give them credit for. Beware of Columbus Lakeview. Yeah. Um, well, that is C1. Um, but That's right. And I said I was going to jump yeah, to C2 and uh, I go to C1. But yeah, That's Lakeview, just me. As the number 11 seed, 9-3 and three now, knocking off Kearney Catholic, um, handing them their first loss of the season. 31-21. Yeah, Coach Harvey. Yeah, that was a tough loss for that bunch because they were way good. And they had a great season. And they, they they tried to rally in the fourth. They were down 14-7 at halftime, down 24-7 heading into the fourth. And then um, they got two touchdowns in the fourth to try to get back into it, but um, kind of ran out of time there. And um, Yeah, that's an impressive run by Lakeview. Um, again, Carney Catholic had been kind of rolling teams all season long. They had Good players, a lot of different uh, positions. Brett Mahoney had a great year at quarterback. Um, they were able to run the ball really well. And so um, that's a really good win for Lakeview, and they certainly earned the, their trip to the final. Yeah, and uh, uh, a, a Bramer-led, Bromer-led uh, Pierce Bunch used to winning. It's late November. You, you think that Pierce Blue Jays will be spotted somewhere outside. 21 the, 0, the final on that. The, the number that sticks out to me 11 sacks. <laughs> that is absurd. I don't know if that I was don't, a typo I don't, or. I don't, I don't think that we've seen anything like that at, at, in, in the high school game, no. have we? Uh, Nick Harvey had three. They had three other guys with two, two others with uh, one. Like that is just absurd. They, they, they didn't have a huge game offensively, just 205 yards rushing. Uh, Bramer had uh, two catchers, 63 three yards and a score. Um, but, yeah, Michael Krunterad had 17 carries for 124 yards. They share the wealth, don't they? Yeah. So they, I mean, 21, uh, 21 nothing. That's just uh, not a huge game offensively. This was all on the defense. And, uh, again, geez. <laughs> Battle Creek had 23 carries for minus That's, 25 yeah. yards. <laughs> it's typically not going to get it done, is it? No. So, yeah, we get number nine Pierce against number 11 Lakeview in the C1 final. Uh, and quickly, let's let's hop over to C2 with Norfolk Catholic and, and, and Bergen. It's very hard for me to kind of think that the McIntyre brothers don't get it done. But Norfolk Catholic has been there, done that. You talk about battle-tested and championship-caliber pedigree. You're going to get it here. And they are the number one seed despite having that one loss. Bergen at that 12-0 and 0 is number two. But, yeah, uh, Cohen McIntyre was the difference uh, against Ord in that rematch from last year's state final. It was a 20 nothing win for Bergen. And McIntyre at 106 yards passing and three touchdowns, uh, 104 yards rushing, had an interception on defense. They really shut everybody else down. He was the one real threat. Um, and he was able to get it done in, in a lot of different ways like he normally does. 
Yeah, Bergen thinking at 45-5-5-5 in terms of their wild card points. Norfolk Catholic at 45-8-8. You're literally within hundreds of a point in terms of the old Dewey Decimal system not associated with the library. but And Norfolk Catholic with 35-12 win over Wilbur Clutonia, who has made the run as a 13 seed. Um, yeah. But... 14-0 at halftime, and then they just kind of steadily pulled away in the second half. A lot of familiarity between Ord and, and, and Bergen, right? They had seen each other uh, quite a bit and didn't disappoint in that one. Or just overwhelmed, I think. Bergen a little bigger, I think, on the hoof than, than I think some than some teams think when they get ready to play them. Bergen held them to 150 yards of offense. That's really impressive performance. All right, so for C2, we'll, we'll do – predictions i can do c2 c1 and uh, i won't do a since i'm on the broadcast for d2 d1 and b i'll take bergen over catholic what do you like definitely bergen uh what about lakeview and pierce i'll go pierce just with the the role they're on right now do you want to take a shot at class a i won't be offended (laughs) i'll I'll go west side in that one Um, okay so we can be friends for another week Bennington and B, um, that one's a pretty easy pick. So, real quick, we'll just run through um, the the D one final. Will be Howells Dodge against Cross Cross County. I can't wait. Cross County played that one the first time without arguably their best player. I've watched them a ton now on Huddle. Should be high scoring in that one. Howells Dodge is loaded. It's five versus ten there. Um, loaded and one loss between them, and it was <laughs> in, in their previous meeting. Yeah. Um, in D two, it's number one Sand Hill Stedford against number seven Kennesaw. Um, I like Kennesaw. I'll t- well, I can't. I won't comment since I'm doing the broadcast. Yeah. Two good teams there. And then six man number one Potter Dix against number two Cody Kilgore. Both twelve and zero. Um, they'll kind of get things started on Friday at UNK. Yeah, the old kitten caboodle. That's my man Jacob Padilla, one of the best in the business. I'm ODB. This is Nebraska Preps post game. One more week of high school football before we roll over and talk all things hoops. We got you covered. He's one of the best in the business. Don't miss us next week. Media Production.